Amen. Man, isn't this family so fun to be a part of? Seriously. I mean, the church is the household of God. We talk about that a lot. It's the family of God. And, you know, you might not be called to, to go to Indonesia for a year or to go church plant some foreign country for the rest of your life. Some of you guys, a lot of you, most of you guys have a clear calling to stay here and plow the soil in College Station, Texas, working your job, going to school, doing whatever. But isn't it so fun to be a part of the family that's just flinging people all across the world? Like, on a regular basis, we just fling, you know? It's just like, raise them up, train them up, and fling, and they just like, go. It's so fun, and it's such a privilege to get to be a part of this church family together. So proud of Rachel and uh, all of our other serve interns that are uh, giving up a year to just step into what God's calling them to do with their lives. So what a privilege. Um, a few weeks ago, guys, I kicked off a series called Equip the Saints, and I told you all about a story my senior year of high school. I was chasing my sister through our living room. I have a little sister five years younger than me, and I was picking on her like a good old big brother. And, uh, and as I'm running through the middle of the living room, I know some of y'all have done this before, I caught my toe on the coffee table coming through. Not even my, not even my pinky, like my middle toe, you know, just like squared up on this wrought iron table, and I broke my toe. I had this hairline fracture, and like one of the smallest bones of my body, a hairline fracture, and I missed like the next three weeks of the football season. Like it totally sidelined me, okay? And it was great having to tell my coach, you know, I've been playing for this guy for four years and having to come into his office and be like, coach, I, was, I broke my toe. What were you doing? Well, I was chasing my sister. What? You know, just so embarrassing. And, but, the, but as we kind of unpack this idea that we are the body of Christ and that we are all members of this larger body, this bigger picture going on, and that the smallest wound or the, the smallest uh, uh, injury to a, the smallest member of the body can actually affect the entire body. And we walked through some passages on spiritual gifts, and, and really the main goal of this series is that every single individual in our church would come to realize that you, every single one of us, would realize the value, the significance, the contribution that we all have individually to the body of Christ, because our healthy function as individuals is actually essential. We see in the scriptures that when we all work properly in our role, the body builds itself up. Amen? And so, how many of you guys took the spiritual gifts assessment sometime in the last couple of weeks? Let's get a show of hands, show of hands. All right, so, awesome, praise God. Um, if you haven't, you can actually go on our website under resources and downloads. You can take it. It's an online questionnaire, and it will spit out for you kind of your top three primary spiritual giftings. And um, how many of you guys were, like, encouraged? You took that test, and you're like, oh, that was helpful. Like, yeah, I kind of maybe thought that's who I was. How many of you were, like, surprised by something? You're like, whoa, I did not. Okay, praise God. That's so awesome. So there's this gal in our life group, all right, mighty woman of God. Her name's Brittany Burns. She is a hero, okay? She's got three little boys. She's like a superhero mom, and she takes the spiritual gifts test, all right, and it tells her that she's got a prophetic gift, and she's like, whatever, no way, not me, you know, she's like, no, 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 no way, and she was kind of like shying away from it, I was like, Brittany, 
You got to press into that thing, girl. God's made you to carry this thing. You got to go for it. You got to try. And so I was kind of like giving her some, hey, you should try it this morning at church. You know, just hold the door open and see if God highlights, you know. And I was just kind of encouraging her. And she took a big risk this past week. And for the first time, she just stepped out. She felt like God was highlighting this lady for her. And she went and gave a prophetic word. And the lady just tears, starts crying. It was just spot on, you know. I was like, come on, you know. That, that is like why we're doing this, because we actually need to know how God's made us individually and what he's put in us individually. Why? So we can use those gifts, right, so that we can be that part of the body, because our church and our city needs Brittany Burns walking in her prophetic gift, and our church and our city needs you walking in your shepherding gift or needs you walking in your hospitality gift or mercy gift or pastor, whatever it is. And so it's a beautiful, beautiful thing when everybody does their part, guys, the body grows itself. Because the work of the kingdom is a team sport. It's a family business. It's a strength in numbers kind of thing. Are you know what I'm saying? I mean, how many of you guys love strength in numbers? I love strength in numbers. I, I like get so excited. It could be the smallest task and strength. I'm, I'm not kidding you. It gets me so fired up. So a couple weeks ago, we were making uh, some of the ladies bake some cookies for the teachers at Bryan High for Valentine's Day. Kind of adopted Bryan High. We're saying, how can we be a blessing? How can we just kind of take care of some of the staff there? Hundreds of cookies, I think for like 260 or something teachers and all these bags of cookies and they needed to be tied with like a rubber band. And so I walk in and Becky Forrester, who kind of led the charge on the baking, was sitting with these boxes of bags and cookies that needed a rubber band on it. She was like, yeah, I'm about to start tying these things. I'm like, Becky, you're going to be here till Christmas. You know, Valentine's Day is in like two days. You don't have enough time, you know. And so I'm like, give me five minutes. So I run around the staff and I go and I grab everybody that was here that day. It's like, guys, five minutes in the foyer, be there. Just be there. Come on, let's go. And so our staff rallies in the foyer. We had about 10 or 12 people. We get around this table and we tied up and rubber banded those bags. Literally, it took us less than 10 minutes. It took us less than 10 minutes to do a task that would have taken her probably four hours. I'm not kidding. That is strength in numbers. And I know it's a silly little example, but I was so fired up. It was like I was encountering God, like, you know, tying these little bags. I was like, this is the kingdom right here. You know, this is it. It's awesome. Uh, kind of along those lines, and just exciting update, um, Tyler, uh, our lead pastor, Tyler, and his wife, Ashley, they had their baby girl on Friday night. Okay. Number five to the Hardy clan. Little Miss Madeline was born. She was born a few weeks early, little, came a little early, a little unexpected, but she is perfectly healthy. They're doing great. And talking about strength in numbers, because, they, because she came early, they weren't quite ready in their house. You know, they didn't have a baby room really set up yet, and they've been moving and doing a lot of stuff. And so Tyler's like at the hospital Friday night texting a bunch of us saying, guys, I need y'all to get to my house tomorrow morning. And and make a baby room, basically. I need you to clear this space out and get some stuff ready. And so about eight or 10 of us showed up on Saturday morning at 9 a.m. and literally had to clear out a whole room of furniture so that we could reset a room with a bed and a you know, shelf and all that and make it ready for them to come home. They were still at the hospital. And it would have taken you know, a couple of guys probably half a day or maybe the whole day to like do this task. But we had 10 guys there, a couple pickup trucks and some Aggie muscle, and we were just, we knocked it out. I'm not kidding, in like 40 minutes. You know, It was like, 
what do, you know, okay, let's eat some tacos. I mean, it was like <laughs> strength in numbers. And so this, that, it's like, that is why this is the kingdom. This is the family. This is why the, the saints are equipped to do the work of service. Because here's what's so amazing is that when we all chip in and do our part, we, when we all fulfill our small little role, the results are so powerful. I would submit to you that the results are actually supernatural, that they supersede what can happen in the natural realm by us just getting together and all playing our part. And when the body does this thing, it, it becomes about the body, right? And so God gets the glory. It doesn't become about just one or two or three gifted individuals, right? It becomes about the body, and God gets the glory. Because, you know, it's actually the body of Christ, Ephesians says, that fills all in all. It's the body of Jesus that's supposed to fill all in all and cover the earth. And so if the body is not healthy, growing, every part, every member doing its role, then the earth's not going to be filled with the glory of God. So it is essential that we're all plugging in saying, God, what's my part? I don't need the whole pie. I just need a little slice. You know, just what's my piece of the puzzle here, God? I was so encouraged. I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited this morning. I'm a little bit all over the board, but it's going to get really clear where we're coming today, okay? But are you with me, church? I mean, God has a calling and a purpose for every single one of us within his body, and it's a beautiful thing. And this past week in our family life group uh, at our house, I was blown away by how our families are grabbing onto this and taking ownership of this. I was blown away. So first of all, our house was packed. I mean, it was nuts. God is on the move, guys, all right? It was a Wednesday night, and it was raining outside, and we had like 40-plus people, families, in our house. It was nuts, okay? We, my wife and I have hosted Life Group at our house for five-plus years, and it has never been this packed. I mean, it was crazy. But the most encouraging thing about it is that at least half the dozen of the people that were there were first-timers that had never come to our life group before that were just brought by friends, okay? So we're like going around doing intros, and we're having the family, like if you brought a friend, you know, introduce your friend kind of deal. And so they're going around introducing people, and I'm not kidding you, okay? So we had the dental hygienist, okay, the librarian, and the, the hairstylist, okay? Well, I'm not kidding you. We're all like visiting our life group, okay? Not, not because they came to church, but because like one of our families was like getting their hair cut, you know, and like struck up a conversation family, at the library with their kids, you know, like getting their, isn't that crazy? And, and so it was perfect because this morning I want to talk to us about three simple words, three simple words. I want to talk to you about as you go, as you go, living a life of impact, living a life of intentionality as you go. And I was so encouraged by our family life group and the, the dental hygienist, the librarian, the hairstylist, because they were all there, not because some family went out and decided to do outreach. I mean, it's like you're going to go like, oh, let's go to the dental office, do some outreach today, you know, see if I can get me a hygienist in here, you know? Like, that's not what happened, you know? It's like my wife was getting her hair cut, you know? We've all been there in the salon chair. It's just like, oh, can, can I, please don't talk to me. Just cut my hair, you know? Like, I'm paying you to cut my hair. You know, like we've all felt that way, you know? But man, she sat down in the chair and I said, hey, this is actually a real person. And, and what if God has something for her life today? I'm going to care about her a little bit and engage. And next thing you know, you know, there's like this connection that happened, right? Because my wife just has the Holy Spirit in her life, you know? And it's the aroma, the aroma of God. And the aroma of Christ 
to those that God is drawing, the aroma of Christ is like the fresh bed from the, from the bakery. When you're hungry and you're looking for something, you're like, oh man, where's that coming from? I gotta find that. And I'm not kidding, you're the aroma of Christ. Now, it's an aroma of life to those who are being saved. It's also an aroma of death to those who are perishing. So some are gonna smell your aroma as you're going about doing your deal, and they'll be like, man, I don't want anything to do with you. And some are going to smell your aroma, and they're hungry, and they're going to want to figure out what is going on with you. Will you please let me follow you somewhere? And, and that's God's job, and right, that, that, like, your job's just to be the aroma, right? Let the Lord settle, like, like let the Lord sort them out. Are you with me? So, oh, I'm so, I'm so pumped up. So we're going to be in Matthew chapter 10 this morning. Matthew 10, 1 through 8, and, uh. We're just going to read through this passage together, and then we're going to go and pick it apart for as long as we have left here. Um, all right, Matthew chapter 10, verse 1. Jesus called to him, called to him his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. The names of the 12 apostles are, first, are these. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother. James, the son of Zebedee. John, his brother. Yes, I'm going to read all these names, and there's going to be a point to it here in a minute. Philip and Bartholomew. Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector. James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus. Simon, the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These 12 Jesus sent out, instructing them, Go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and proclaim as you go, say it with me, as you go, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. You received without paying, give without pay." We see here in this chapter, we're going to unpack this, this passage together this morning, but we see here in verse 1, he called to him. Don't skim over that first little section. He called to him. Do you guys know that our first and primary calling is always to him? It is always to relationship with Jesus. We are not called to a life of mission. We are called to a life with Jesus. And the natural result of walking with Jesus should be a life of mission. Because Jesus is always on mission. He's always at work. He's always seeking and saving the lost. And so if we're walking with him, it will lead us into a life of mission. Because we know that he who walks with the wise becomes wise. Proverbs tell us, tells us. So if we will get in a habit of spending time with Jesus and living and walking with Jesus, then we should actually become like Jesus. We actually become like who we surround ourselves with, right? So get up every morning and spend time with Jesus before you do anything else, and you're probably going to look like Jesus after a few months, years, decades, right? We walk with the wise one, and we become like him. And, and this is so essential because godly, this calling to him first is, is actually essential to what he wants to give and entrust to us. 
What's he wanting to give them? What is he giving them in this passage? Yeah. What's he giving them in the second part of the... He called to him, his 12 disciples, and he gave them authority. Okay? So us... But we can't mix those up, guys. We're called to him first. We're called to him first. And this is so key because godly character and this, this, this place of being rooted with, with him is essential if we're to be entrusted with the authority that he wants to give us. Okay? He wants to give us authority. He wants to entrust us with authority. But true spiritual authority rests on godly character. And so it's essential that we are called to him First, are you with me? You're not called to authority. You're called to him. And walking with him gives you authority. I was talking to a friend of mine recently, and he was telling me about a season in, in his life where, where God was doing some really powerful things through his gifting. The spirit in this guy's life, he, he actually would, would pretty regularly see people healed. He would pray for people. It was just part of the gifting Maybe you got that in your spiritual gifts test and you're like, what? Healing? I'm not sure about that. Start praying for people and see how long it takes for it to show up. But this guy was walking and God was just doing some powerful things through his gifts. But along the way, he sort of started to neglect this like called to him thing. He started, started to neglect like just his personal daily walk with Jesus. And so instead of living to know Jesus, he started living just kind of for the excitement of being used by Jesus, you know? And he was just sharing that it actually led him into a pretty challenging season where his ministry kind of had to be removed for a little while so that he could come back to intimacy with God. And I've been through those seasons in my own life where I came out of college and went into full-time ministry as a youth pastor for five years. And, and slowly over those five years, it became a little bit more about like my ministry and my gifting that God given me and less about just loving Jesus and walking with him. And guys, I, I had to, God removed me from that place. And for about five years, I just kind of, just kind of served sort of in obscurity, you know, they had a couple different jobs and just walked with Jesus. Like all my gifting kind of had to go on the shelf for a little while so that I could just get back to, I'm called to him. Are you with me? So my personal prayer God wants to put authority on us, but we have, to be, we have to be called to him first, right? And he's actually really wise to not put more authority on us than we're, our character's like ready to carry, okay? So my personal prayer, I pray this many times in my life. I pray, God, do not put an ounce more of power, influence, or authority on my life than what my current character can carry with humility. And if there's something more that you're wanting to give me or put in my life, change me and align my character so that I can carry it. I don't want to pray for people and see them radically healed every time if my character is not prepared to walk in that kind of authority and power. So do you know what authority means though? Authority means authority. <laughs> it means power. We see here in verse 1, he gave them authority over unclean spirits. 
to cast them out. And he gave them authority over disease and affliction. Over. Authority literally means that you are, you are above. And so check this out, guys. We walk in a world where we know that we're in a war. We're in a battle with the spiritual forces of darkness in the heavenly places, right? And here's the deal. There's really two choices because life gets hard, guys, and stuff happens. And even with the marriages in the room, the, Mitchell and I talked about this ministry moment. We need to pray for the marriages today because we both came in here this morning going, man, marriage has been tough this week. Man, what's going on? And I talked about five other people. Like, marriage has been tough this week. I'm struggling with offense. And all of a sudden, we're like, wow, maybe this isn't an isolated incident, but maybe the enemy's flinging his tail and really trying to discourage the saints by getting into the root of our marriages and our families. So we say, we got to put a stop to this thing. We got to step up because there's really just two choices when darkness and the, 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 the challenges and the lies and all the stuff starts creeping in. We can be overwhelmed by it or we can overcome it. Really. And God actually overcome, he, he's actually destined us to be overcomers. This is why he wants to give us authority over the unclean spirits. This is the demonic influence that's at work in our world. Whenever we align ourselves with the enemy, the father of lies, we actually subject ourselves to unclean spirits, to demonic bondage. And yes, it is possible for those in the church to be attacked and subject to demonic bondage and spirits. I would say if the church didn't have any demonic activity going on, we'd probably be a lot more powerful and effective than who God's called us to be, amen? But we don't get afraid by the influence of the enemy or by his activity in our midst. We don't become overwhelmed by it. That is a temptation. We actually have to rise up and overcome it, guys. And Jesus has called us to himself to walk in relationship with him so that then we can be sent out in authority to overcome these things. When we come up against sickness or disease or affliction, there's two choices. We can become the victim or we can become the victor. What do you want to be? I'm serious, guys. It is such an easy temptation to just slide into victim mentality. Wow, man, life's so hard. Marriage is so hard. Life's so overwhelming. It's too costly. There's too much going on. Da, da. Woe is me. Life is so challenging. And it's real, guys. Life is heavy. And the, Satan prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. We have an adversary. We have a father of lies. We are in a battle against spiritual forces that are at work. It's real. Are we going to get steamrolled over as victims? Or are we going to realize that Jesus has called us to himself to walk with him so that we can be sent out in authority? And when we come up against it, we don't keel over as victims and get overcome, but we rise up as victors and we overcome. Because 1 John chapter 5 says that the victory that has overcome the world, guys, is what? Our faith. It's our faith. Jesus says to Peter, the enemy has demanded permission to sift you like wheat. Hey, Peter, you're under spiritual attack right now. I'm telling you. Oh, Jesus, come to my aid and rescue me. No, man, I prayed for you. I've prayed for you that your faith would not fail. Some of us are being spiritually attacked. We've got things coming against us in our life, and we're like, Jesus, save me, rescue me. And he's like, I'm sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you right now. I'm praying for you right now. What am I praying? That your faith would not fail. Right. 
Because I've actually given you the authority to step on the snake's head, and that's the point. He's empowering us to have victory over the forces of darkness, guys. That's the point. Because do you know how much glory God gets when the dust of the earth, which is what we are, when the dust of the earth, redeemed and filled with the Spirit of God, overcomes demonic powers? Do you know how much glory he gets? I'm not making this up. Go to Psalm 118. Psalm 118. I was reading this this past week, and I was like, so blown away. So blown away by this. Just three verses here we're going to read together. You're going to get the point really quick. It says, all nations surrounded me. In the name of the Lord, I cut them off. They surrounded me, surrounded me on every side. In the name of the Lord, I cut them off. They surrounded me like bees. They went out like a fire among thorns. In the name of the Lord, say it with me, I cut them off. Some of us are waiting for God to cut something off that he's waiting for us to cut off, church. In the name of the Lord, it is his name. It is his power. It is his blood. And he has called us to himself. And he's given us the authority so that we can all, all 500 of us, can walk out in that authority and say, in the name of the Lord Jesus, discouragement, I cut you off. In the name of the Lord Jesus, offense in my marriage, I cut you off. In the name of the Lord Jesus, lies and accusation against my family, I cut you off. Oh, you've got a broken ankle, you're struggling with a sickness or disease. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I cut that off. Come on, guys. We're waiting for him to do something that he's asked us to do. Man. And I love it that he left these guys' names in here, right? In verse 2, the 12 apostles, Simon, Andrew, James, John, Philip, Thomas, Matthew, James, Thaddeus, Simon. We'll leave Judas out of there. Brian, <laughs> Billy, Jordan, Michael. Nathan, Amanda, guys, he knows your name. We're not like this nameless crowd, right? He knows your name because he actually values like the individual contribution that we all bring. He knows your name. And I think sometimes we realize that pride, pride is like a struggle. It's a real temptation. And so we're like, well, you know, I just need to be kind of nameless and faceless, right? Because I don't want to get too prideful. You know, got, you know, but I'm like, I would rather you be dominating the domain of darkness and fighting to stay humble than be sitting on the sidelines doing nothing, wondering if you have any value. You know what I'm saying? You have a name. And Psalm 139 actually says that he has a book that contains all the days of your life written. That means you're a part of his story. You're a part of his story. And so we get to go. And we get to proclaim as we go. We're called to him. We are given authority to go out in the name of the Lord and to cut off the powers of darkness that are at work in our world. And then we get to go. So can I just tell you all some stories this morning? Let's tell you all some testimonies in the seven or eight minutes we have left here. Man, guys, God is on the move, okay? And it's so much more fun to be in the flow of his movement 
than to be sitting around waiting for somebody else to step up and go get a breakthrough or something, you know? It's just fun. I want to tell you some stories. And guys, I have, you know, probably 10 stories that I could tell you from friends of mine or from people in our life group. I mean, God is at work and people are stepping out in faith. I was so encouraged. We got our survey results back from a couple weeks ago, okay? 60% of you guys said that you've invited somebody to church in the past couple weeks or month. 60% of our church is reaching out, inviting people to church in the past month. Guys, that's astronomical. And the other 40% of us, we're going to get there, and this can be 100%, and we're going to be a force to be reckoned with, right? But seriously, y'all are doing this stuff already. And I have so many stories, but I want to share stories. Um, most of these stories are actually going to be from my life with my family, not to, like, not to like glorify the Pletcher family, but here's why, okay? My wife and I, we have some kids, all right? And we're like a traveling circus crew, okay? I'm not... It is crazy. I don't know if, uh, if we have a photo up there. I emailed it in. I, it's okay if not. See if you can find it uh, on the backlog, all right? Push the button. So um, <laughs> you can find it. So, um, But seriously, it's like if we can do this with like our crazy traveling circus, you know, as we go, then anybody can do this. Okay. There's our kids, all right? This is like the nice professional photographer. This is like Oh, everybody's dressed nice, and it's so peaceful, right? And we all just love Jesus and each other, and we all obey all the time. Man, but I'm telling you, we go out, and it's like, it's, man, our kids are amazing. It's wild sometimes, right? But as we go, we just, we just try to engage the world around us, and God does stuff. And so I'm going to tell, uh, tell you seven things that you can do as you go. Okay, so here's your practicals, all right? Seven things that you can do, whether you got 14 kids, zero kids, you're single, you're married, whatever, here's seven things that you can do as you go to, see a, uh, to live a life of purpose and impact in your day-to-day, okay? Number one, honor someone as you go. Honor someone as you go. My wife and I went to Mad Taco a few weekends ago, late night, kind of date night deal on a Saturday, Friday, Saturday night, and... Uh, yeah, this, this one has a little bit of a multiple meaning to as you go. I, w- I walked into the bathroom, and um, I, sorry, you're going to remember it now. I actually was going to the bathroom to wash my hands, okay? So I go in there to wash my hands, and I walk in, and this guy is like, one of the employees is like scrubbing the urinal. He's like down on his hands and knees, and he's like scrubbing the urinal. It's like they're about to close, and he's cleaning it up. And, and I was, you know, we had been with some believers that night, and I was just encouraged, and I was kind of just bubbling over a little bit, and I, I walked in, I saw him cleaning the toilet. I was like, look at you, man, serving in the unseen places, and I just started honoring this guy. I said, do you know that the Bible says that what you do in secret, he will reward you? Nobody else knows you're in here cleaning this toilet, man, but God sees you, and he stands up, and he looks right at me, and he's like, wow, man, thanks, and I just asked him a simple question. I was like, hey, has anybody ever told you how much God loves you? And I'm not kidding, we, we sat in there for, we stood in there and <laughs> talked for, for 20 minutes. Guys, you're going to be blown away. He literally looked at me and he said, he said no, nobody's ever told me that. I said, I said, wait, wait, has anybody ever told you about what Jesus has done for you on the cross? He says, no, I have never heard. Guys, mad taco in College Station, not engaged the islands, you know. I've never heard. 
I sat in there for the next 20 minutes. I got to share the gospel with this guy in the Mad Taco bathroom. My wife like peeks her head and she's like, are you okay, babe? What's going on? And guys, this young 21-year-old philosophy major at Texas A&M never heard the gospel before, hears it in the bathroom and gives his life to Jesus in the Mad Taco bathroom on a Friday night because I just honored him for scrubbing a toilet. So honor someone as you go, as you, as you go. Number two, oh, this is fun, guys, this is fun. Man, the family of God is so fun. Number two, share your story as you go. Share your story, okay? A good buddy of mine, he's in our life group, he's a principal down the road at Norman G. High School, okay? And He's in his principal's office this last week with a troubled kid. This guy's been in and out of juvenile. He's been drug addicted, all kinds of messy life, and he's kind of assimilating back into high school. And so he's sitting in the principal's office this week, and my buddy is just connecting with him and talking to him. And his, his mom is sitting in there as well, this kid's mom, and just a rough life, a messy life. And, and my buddy, he's sitting there, and they're talking, and he just kind of he just takes advantage of the opportunity. He looks at the kid's mom, and he goes, hey, are you okay if I talk to him about my faith for a minute? And she was like, yes, please do, you know? <laughs> and so he goes, he goes, man, I just want to tell my story. And he starts to tell his story about how his life without God, how he ended up addicted and, and, and broken, and just his life became a mess. And he, and he said, but when, I, but when I let God, when I asked God into my life, and he came into my life and he began to help me, it just totally began to transform my life. And he just shared his story. And then he looks at this kid and he goes, do you think that you would want to ask God into your life today? And sitting in the principal's office, this kid said, yes, I've never done that before. I need Jesus to help me come into my life, okay? And he leads this kid to Christ sitting in the principal's office. Guys, this, this guy that I'm telling you the story about, he's been a believer for about a year and two months, okay? Radical, okay? But he just shared his story. Share your story as you go. God, remember, you're the aroma of Christ, and there are some people out there that are just like looking for the bakery. I'm so hungry for life. Where is it, you know? And they're going to follow you. Number three, care about someone as you go. Care about someone. My wife sitting in the chair at the hair salon could just check out and, you know, I, I get my hair cut at sports clips. I just watch TV, you know. And I can't tell you guys how many times I've sat and got a haircut and ended up sharing my story or sharing the gospel with the, the lady cutting my hair. Countless times. But it, every single time, it took a choice in my heart to care. It, it's simple. But once I just decide, man, I really just want to be selfish right now and not to talk to anybody. But God, this is a person they have a story. You've made them in, in your image. I'm just going to ask how they're doing. Let's just care about somebody today. Man, my wife's hairstylist showed up at our life group, had never even visited our church before. Number four, pray for someone as you go. My wife and I, we take our kids on Friday mornings over to Altitude Trampoline Park in College Station because for like eight bucks total, all of our kids and me can bounce for like two hours, and it's, it's amazing, okay? And so we're like at the trampoline park, and we're just having a Friday, like, day off with our family, you know? We're not like doing outreach at the trampoline park, okay? 
And there's the, they've got this awesome like trapeze swing, you know, into this foam pit and this cool like zip line. And there's this girl up there that's helping operate these things. And, you know, and I'm going off and trying to get my kids to do it. And uh, we're like, she's got this splint on her finger, you know, she'd gotten an injury doing something. And so we just like engaged with this girl. We didn't like come right out of the gate and just start praying for her. We just like, hey, what's your name? What do you do? She's a photographer. She, you know, goes to A&M, this whole deal. And we're and then later on that morning, my, before we left, my wife, Arlena, she was like, hey, I just love Jesus, believe in Jesus. Can I pray for your finger? She was like, yeah, sure. And so she just prays for her little splint finger right there. I don't know if the girl got miraculously healed or not, but she was blessed. And we went back the next week, and we saw her again. And then we went back the next week, and she's like, loves our kids. She's like kind of becoming this little part of our family, you know, just because we're having fun at the trampoline park, and we prayed for her, you know? So pray for someone as you go. Number five, take a risk as you go. Take a risk. Sometimes God's going to put an impression on your heart for something to do, and it's going to feel like a little bit uncomfortable. My wife and I, we were, again, we were out on a date night. We were at uh, Naked Fish getting sushi. My wife loves sushi, and, and we're just having a date. You know, I'm not there doing outreach, okay? And, but the whole time that our server's, like, serving us, I just sort of, like, there's something about this guy. I don't know. It just seems like he needs to be leading in the kingdom. But, but his, his like uh, server thing, you know, tab, whatever it's called, has got a sticker on it that says, um, I'd rather be at Northgate, right? So I'm like, that's kind of funny, actually. And I'm like, <laughs> but also sad and compassionate, you know. So, but, so after dinner, there wasn't like a clear opportunity to talk to this guy at dinner. I mean, we're like on a date. But I was like, just something in my heart was sort of like, just take a risk. Just take a risk with this guy. And so we get up, we pay our bill, and I'm walking out, and he comes walking by. I was like, all right, here, here's my moment. I get to, am I going to talk to him? Am I gonna yes or no? No, am I going to go take a risk? And I'm like, hey, man, I just stop him. I was like, dude, I, I know you got stuff going on. This probably seems totally out of left field. But, man, has, has anybody talked to you lately about the love of God and told you God has a plan for your life? You'll notice in my stories, I've just asked these like simple questions to people because questions put the ball in their court and check this out, immediately shows you if they're interested in having this conversation or not. You don't want to waste your time if somebody just doesn't care. It, it, you know, if you're the aroma of death to them that day and they just like don't want to talk to you, just okay, you try, move on. But this guy just starts engaging with me and he's just deadlocked in my eyes. And I was like, look, man, let me tell you my story. I was like, I saw the sticker on your thing. I'd rather be at Northgate. I was like, dude, that was me. That was me in college. I came up here to party and get away from my family. It was broken, and, and I joined this frat, and it was just all about the party. But, man, that life's so empty. Have you ever felt that way before? Man, I just, and I, so I just got so down and, and depressed and so empty on this, you know, and, and we start talking, and I share some of my story, and it was, you know, he's a server. He's got stuff to do. It was like three, four minutes, Thankfully, uh, a, girl, a girl that goes to Antioch actually was, was the hostess that night, right? And so I'm like, and she, she like recognized us when we came in. And so I was like, so I, I finished telling my story and I was like, man, God bless you, dude. And he was, you know, he was encouraged. And I said, that girl right over there, she goes to our church. If you want to respond to Jesus, go to church with her, okay? And I, I'm not kidding. That was a Saturday night. I walked in the next Sunday morning and the guy's sitting over here. 
And I'm like, are you kidding me, God? You know? Because, because he, this, he got the info from the girl that he works with, you know? So God's at work. And then I came to find out that I was the second person that day that had talked to him about God's plan for his life. Okay? That's so cool. See, because we're a part of the body of Christ, right? And sometimes your role is just to plant the seed. You know, sometimes your role is to like water the seed. And then sometimes your role is you get to harvest that thing, you know? And we just are all a part of this thing. Band, come on up, guys. We're going to close this thing down. I'm going to tell you one more story. Y'all go ahead and stand up as we respond. Seven. Yeah, okay, number six. I know. Okay, real quick. Come on, Ben. Write them down. Number six. Number six. This one's just in the scripture. Number six is just proclaim as you go. Proclaim as you go. Um, I, I I was at a hotel, and I was walking by the little restaurant, and the, the lady was like, hey, are you... Um, are you guys going to sit down and eat breakfast? I was like, no, we'll be back in a little while. It's like, I'm actually going to spend some time with God and start my day. I was like, why am I telling this lady this, right? But hey, proclaim as you go. You know, I was like, oh. And she was like, hey, will you pray for me, please? I'm not kidding you. I literally was just walking by, and we had talked to her the day before, and, and she was like, will you pr- please pray for me to have strength and to have some direction in my life? I was like, Yes. So I go and I spend, I go and spend time with God and, and, you know, and get to a point where I'm like, okay, Lord, how do you want to encourage this lady? I'm going to pray for Jackie right now. And so I, I like got a piece of paper and I wrote out some scriptures for strength and direction. And I walked back over there when we went to sit down for breakfast. And I was like, Jackie, I prayed for you. Here's what I prayed for you. Here you go. And I, I gave her the scriptures and prayed for her. And she was so encouraged. I'm like, this is simple stuff, guys. You know, it's just a little bit of intentionality proclaiming as you go. And I mean, there's hungry people all around our city, you know? And number seven is just be a normal, friendly person as you go. Just, you know, AJ Puchek, he's got an amazing story. He eats at Fuego every week, and the kingdom of God's coming, right? Every week he goes to Fuego, and he's just, he's just nice to the lady at the cashier because he's a nice, normal, friendly person. And, and initially, she's just not really that open to what AJ's his aroma, so to speak, you know? And he said, okay, cool, no, you don't need to pray for me today. Just kind of, you know, week after week, just not really open. But AJ, week after week, goes in there, and it's just a normal, friendly person. And then wouldn't you know, about a couple of months, I'm not kidding, about a couple of months of doing that, one morning, he goes, hey, is there anything I can pray for you for? And she said, yeah, actually, my daughter, and she just begins to divulge this incredibly painful ordeal that her daughter's walking through, a health condition. And it's just not looking very hopeful. She's on a transplant list for a heart transplant, like just struggling. Young daughter of her, I think maybe 12 years old. And AJ's like, I'm gonna pray for your daughter right now. And in Fuego, ordering his tacos, prays for this lady's, this lady's daughter. And he goes back a couple weeks later and he said, hey, I hadn't talked to you since we prayed. How's your daughter doing? She goes, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad you asked. She was, like, on this transplant list. She couldn't even make it through a half day at school because of her condition. She couldn't even make it. But since you prayed for her, she's been making it all the way through her school days. And they actually took her off the transplant list because her heart's doing so much better. Like, 
What? Yeah, I'll have a bacon, egg, and cheese, and, uh, you know, like, guys, we're at Fuego, you know? Praise God. Just as you go, as you go, be a normal, friendly person like A.J. Puchek. All right, guys, let's stand up this morning. We're running late. Prayer teamers, let's get up here. We're going to do the fast version of this today. I know that God is, he's stirring us, guys, because this is what we're made for. Guys, we're called to Jesus. We're given authority, and this is what we're made for. And so it's very simple. This whole passage in chapter 10 is preceded by a couple verses in chapter 9 where Jesus says this. This is literally the two verses before what we read. Jesus saw the crowds and he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like a sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers. Two observations. Jesus walked throughout his world and he had compassion for the lost. Do we? If you don't, we want to pray that God would just put some compassion in your heart for the lost, because that is key. Jesus saw the world, and he saw they were helpless and that they needed love, and he didn't condemn them. He didn't get frustrated about their sin. He had compassion. We want to pray. I struggle with this. I need y'all to lay hands on me and give me more compassion, because it is a choice daily. Number two, his response was, we need laborers. If you are saying today, wow, I want to live this kind of as-I-go life, we want to pray for you to say, hey, I'm not going to stand on the sideline and wait for some great future purpose and calling. Today, as I go, tomorrow, as I go, I want to live this life of purpose and impact. We want to pray for you. Come on, Lord Jesus, would you empower us to burn like a fire? All of us individually, just come forward. We just want to bless you and say, you can do it. You can walk this life out. It is simple. It is intentional. And as you go, you can see the Lord work day to day in your life. You were made for it. So, Lord, would you send us out as laborers? Would you burn in our hearts for the world around us? In Jesus' mighty name, amen.